Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Breakfast has long been known as the most important meal of the day. But when people are eating it and what they're reaching for is quickly evolving and as such creating both challenges and opportunities for manufacturers of packaged products, according to industry insiders. For example, according to research from Packaged Facts, the idea that a healthy breakfast offers a strong start to the day is still a quote-unquote cultural force that offers manufacturers significant marketing ammunition especially when paired with messages about self-care, responsibility, and seizing the day's full potential. But as Packaged Facts publisher David Sprinkle explains, the healthy eating trend is a double-edged sword for packaged goods industry that's historically shaped what people eat for their first meal of the day. The, um, the good news for breakfast or for breakfast marketers, whether they're, they're food service or packaged food, is that breakfast still has that most important meal of the day halo, um, relatively speaking. And so um, about a third of U.S. adults do strongly agree that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And, and no other meal, neither lunch nor dinner, um, gets anywhere near that kind of, um, that kind of vote of confidence. Um, the the not so great news, or sort of the other side of that, is that even with that, um, only about a quarter of millennials and the rising generation of Gen Z actually consider breakfast to be the most important meal of the day. That's still much higher than for lunch or dinner, but it's much lower than for seniors, among whom about half would consider breakfast the most important meal of the day. As Sprinkle explains, this is bad news for CPGs in the breakfast space. On the one hand, particularly packaged products are losing their hold on defining breakfast. And so a lot of your, you know, still very popular, but a lot of your standard packaged breakfast product categories have been flat for many years, often because of nutritional concerns or um, else because of more portable options. So, for example, cold cereal has been flat for a long time. Um, thing, you know, things like Pop-Tarts, your, your breakfast of old, of old, even orange juice for that matter. A lot, of your, a lot of your sort of American classic breakfast items um, have been, you know, flat at best, if not declining in popularity. Another way in which they are sort of losing their grasp on breakfast is that people are also grabbing anything for breakfast. It's just a, a constant rede- redefining of what breakfast consists of. And so it might not be a, say, a breakfast cereal with, with dried with raisins or dried strawberries in there. It might be a piece of fruit, right? It might not be orange juice. It might be an orange. So people are also just looking to foods for breakfast, and that's broadening out the um, sort of the range of options. Sprinkle also explains that part of this shift is based on more general consumer gravitation towards the parameter of the store and the fresh options that they're finding there. But he adds this is also creating opportunities for new kinds of packaged breakfast products, 
especially since most Americans still don't have time or interest in cooking elaborate meals first thing in the morning. Many people do not want to mess with with cooking, certainly, and certainly um, with food, even in a general way, um, first thing in the morning, and that gives rise, to, uh, for example, to having um, snack bars or meal bars as a substitute for breakfast. There's sort of a very no fuss breakfast option. There is still, you know, very much room for packaged breakfast hit products. And um, Greek yogurt is the is the most recent and striking example of that. And um, Greek yogurt is, is really, in many ways, the perfect product because it had just exactly the right sort of amorphous set of advantages. Uh, it had, you know, it has the health positioning of yogurt. It had the extra protein punch as protein relative to, to conventional yogurt, or at least American style yogurt when protein was becoming very important to American consumers. With the Greek, it has that tie-in into sort of real cultural traditions and even, you know, maybe almost like an artisan-style artisan approach to Greek yogurt. And um, especially when it was sort of plain and flavored, it just really, you know, it had that dairy case purity and that stronger flavor. So all of those things, you know, and even that, that sort of set of, of, of attributes really appeal to a lot of people. So there's certainly room for packaged food breakfast food. Uh, certainly packaged foods can deliver on convenience and portability. Certainly they can, they can deliver, uh, again, like on qualities like, um, like added protein. For example, your new, uh, their, their breakfast biscuits being advertised as sort of a new, uh, newfangled product. They're, um, they're they're similar to I guess to snack bars or granola bars. Um, they're more but but their positioning is often on added protein. Um, um, your packaged snack can also have any kind of sought after superfood ingredient, whether that be ancient grains, um, whatever that might be, um, fruit or nut inclusions. You know almonds, blueberries. They can pack those in. So there's certainly room there. But the larger the larger energy, even within the food store, is to perimeter, is to fresh, um, um, prepared or whole foods. So that is a huge challenge just overall, not simply with breakfast or CPG. Sprinkle says big CPG winners from these changing priorities and patterns are fresh beverages with functional ingredients such as smoothies. Products like um, smoothies, whether they're yogurt-based or sort of fruit, vegetable-based, I think that, course I said, that remains an enormously popular category, not, um, again, in fast food, but also in farmer's markets. The, I, think, I think just in terms of tactics, look at what's happening in, in farmer's markets. Look at what's happening in your popular sort of um, 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 international and sort of quick service uh, chains at, with fresh prepared foods and see to what degree you can um, simulate those kind of advantages at retail. For example, you certainly have um, fruit and vegetable smoothies that are refrigerated and have a, a, a shorter shelf, shelf life and um, are essentially fresh or pretty close to fresh whole foods. 
that's I think the direction that um, that things are going. And I think the the other thing, the other sort of lesson from Greek yogurt, is that even though, though Greek yogurt ended up you know getting all kinds of flavor, even key lime pie, you know Greek yogurt or whatever, it was really boiling it back down to its essence, boiling yogurt back down to its essence, to its its cultural traditions that really struck a note. And so I think those simplified uh, products that, that at least read as, as less further processed foods um, are, are where the future is and where, the, where, the, where the, the best growth opportunities are. While traditional packaged breakfast foods may be losing some of their hold on what Americans eat in the morning, they're gaining traction during other times of day. Sprinkle explains that this trend started to emerge about 10 years ago, but it's gaining traction exponentially. In 2010, with our culinary trend mapping series, we published a report on breakfast all day. So even really a decade ago, you could see that breakfast was infiltrating, infiltrating what food service would call other day parts. That is part of the larger erosion between meals and mealtimes and even between meals and snacks. And so it sort of makes sense in that way. One thing that has contributed to breakfast all day is that particularly for, say, for college students, for office workers, they might really essentially put off breakfast until lunchtime. You know, they don't, they don't need that, that, that calorie and um, energy surge um, quite that early, particularly if they have their, their, their coffee or their iced coffee. Now, you know, for a lot of people who, who, are, who are literally laboring, it's still important to really get some calories and some energy in before they go to work. But that, but sort of the, the, the increasingly sort of um, office nature of a lot of the workforce has helped push breakfast later. As a result, this idea of Brinner, or breakfast for dinner, is gaining popularity. According to a national poll conducted by ORC International, for the pancake and baking mix company Krusty's, more Americans are making breakfast for dinner. The Krusty's third annual breakfast survey released in February found 9 out of 10 Americans say they eat breakfast for dinner. Of these, 41% do so regularly, at least 2-3 to three times a month, which is up 10% from 2015. According to this survey, breakfast night is most popular with millennials, who are also eating traditional breakfast foods for lunch and as late-night snacks. In fact, they're 84% more likely than Gen Xers and Boomers to eat breakfast for lunch, and 83% more likely than Gen Xers and Boomers to enjoy breakfast as a late-night snack. To find out what was behind this trend, I chatted with Andy Healy, the president of Continental Mills, which makes Krusty's brand breakfast mixes and foods. He attributed the generational divide and approach to all-day breakfast in part to finances. The demographics play a role, I think, particularly among millennials. We're seeing increasingly they are looking for breakfast solutions in the evening time. And um, you know, some of that might be driven by there's a lot of you know, millennials that are you know, first starting their careers or they have very young families. And so you know, pancakes are actually extremely economical. Um, I can tell you from my own standpoint, I have a 10 and a 7-year-old, 
and uh, if my wife is out of town and and uh, and you know um, you know I, I, I want to keep the kids happy and doing their homework and doing all the things I need them to do to uh, get them in bed on time. If I tell them that it's breakfast night, you know, for dinner and I've got a big stack of pancakes for them, um, they they're, they're pretty happy campers. And so I think that's, that's a piece of it. According to Healy, another selling point for breakfast for dinner is the convenience and the ability to easily customize breakfast foods particularly pancakes and waffles, which he describes as a blank canvas. Things as, as simple as, you know, throwing some chocolate chips or chocolate chips in a banana or some Nutella or um, any, any, any number of stir-ins. Uh, we also have a lot of savory recipes that can start with a pancake mix that can make, you know, a really good, you know, um, uh, kind of casserole uh, with you know eggs and bacon and other things, so that you can get really creative starting with a pancake mix. And the other thing you can do is it's kind of fun is shapes. Um, there's you know pancake pens out there, and if you don't have one of those, you can use any sort of uh, you know a container that that allows you to squirt or pour. And you know you you can do some kind of fun pancake art. In fact, there's a few people out there who are who are actually pancake artists, and you wouldn't believe the uh, renderings they can do using pancake mix, but um, not that you necessarily be, need to be an artist to have some fun with it. I think, um, you know, I certainly grew up and my kids certainly like to do Disney, you know, Mickey Mouse kind of, uh, the Mickey Mouse shape and kind of other simple shapes, but um, there's just so much, you know, variety and flexibility you can have with um, with a just had water pancake mix that it's, it's, uh, it's sort of a blank canvas. One of the things that's different about Krusty's is we have such a wide variety of mixes, and we've got something pretty much for everybody. So we've got, you know, our, our highest, uh, biggest selling item is our Krusty's buttermilk, just add water pancake mix. But we've got, you know, blueberry pancakes. We have chocolate chip pancakes. We have heart healthy pancakes, organic pancakes, gluten free <laughs> pancakes. Uh, we even have a protein pancake that we're coming out with, kind of as we speak. And so. Uh, we've got a pancake mix for just about anybody, and um, almost all of our mixes are just add water, so they're they're very very convenient, and um, it's a pretty quick way to uh, you know to prepare a breakfast on a any any day, but particularly on a Saturday or Sunday, and you know share it with friends, family, or have it um, you know as a treat for yourself. As Healy hinted at. Breakfast for dinner also is growing because it's more than just food. It's an experience. We're really selling an experience as much as we are selling an end product. And, um, you know, the preparation, the throwing some chocolate chips or bananas or blueberries in it, um, uh, the, the, the aroma of you know, pancakes coming off the griddle in your household, um, it's really an entire experience. And then sitting down and sharing that experience with somebody else is something that, that our consumers value as much as anything else. And particularly among millennials who, you know, are, are such a, sh you know, share, sharing experience, whether it's through social or digital or inviting a friend or family over. Um, again, it's a, it's a pretty easy, economical, and creative way to, um, to connect with other people. It, they can't do it necessarily, you know, every morning, but they really do value that opportunity 
to when they have the time to create something um, of their own and particularly something that gives them some flexibility to really make it their own and really customize it. And that's where I believe that a lot of that kind of weekend behavior you know, still, still persists and I, and I believe it, it always will because those experiences aren't about just eating a pancake. It's about that, um, you know, all the memories and special moments you have that are associated with the preparation and the sharing and the connecting around those pancakes that I don't think people ever really want to give that up. And I think what's happening is that some of the consumption of pancakes and other day parts, particularly in the evening, is a way to maybe have that experience when it's tougher to do that today in the morning than maybe it was, you know, when there are different, uh, you know, maybe consumer behaviors 30, 40 years ago. Today, the mornings are pretty rushed, and I think maybe there's an opportunity on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever the day might be, that, you know, to still have the family or friends together and um, still have that pancake experience, but it's, um, but it's in the evening. So the big takeaway here is that even though consumers shifting priorities and eating patterns may mean that traditional breakfast foods eaten at a traditional breakfast time are losing market potential, there are still many ways that CPG manufacturers can succeed in the breakfast category, whether that's through innovating new products that offer freshness, convenience, and portability, or by repositioning existing products for different times of day. I want to thank everyone for tuning in again this week for Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, and I hope that you'll join us again next week. But until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.